Right. Welcome back to another episode of Straight from the Dime Box. Got a big interview today. Matt's B-Ball Cards. Matt, what's up? Thanks for coming on. What's going on, Danny Dimes? Uh, I'm excited to be on. and I can't wait to, uh, you know, uh, join this pod. Well, well, glad to have you on. Uh, I met Matt through the Philly show. We got another big Philly show coming up uh, this coming weekend. Uh, Matt, is there anything in particular you're looking for you want people to bring up to you? Uh, what are you looking forward to this Philly show? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, just picking up some rare stuff, man. I always said that for the last one, but I'm coming in with like a lot more money than I normally do. Uh, it's not like a flex or anything. It's just I've been kind of saving up for this because uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I'd much rather purchase stuff uh, in person rather than risk the whole eBay shipping and all of that, you know? So I'm sorry about that. Someone's stepping on uh, my dog's toys out there. No worries, dude. No worries. So you mentioned you like buying things in person a lot better. Now, your booth at the show that you set up, uh, you set up with uh, Meatball and then Philly Cards 25 and Bro Cards, uh, Ryan and Connor, and your booth is like swarmed. Like sometimes I will walk by and I can't even like see you guys because you have a line that's just totally taking over your booth so clearly you guys get a lot of foot traffic so do you find being behind a busy booth you can uh see a lot of things and you know get people to let go of some cards pretty low since they're selling them obviously without any ebay fees uh it's it's, it's actually that's a good question um you know i think the interaction behind the booth is a lot easier uh especially like since we're like i mean technically adults but we're younger and I feel like most of the older people that are in this hobby are a lot more slimy than most of us that are, like, running the booths, clearly. Like, if you ever, like, you are always around our booth. Like, me, Ryan, Mike, and uh, Connor, we're having literally the best time the entire time. Like, there's never a dull moment. There's always chattering back and forth. Like, there's never anything. Like, and people, like, kids that will come out to us, either kids or, like, adult. I keep saying kids, but, like, people that are like around our age will come up to us and like start like over here and stuff like the shit that we say to each other. And they're just like, you know, tag along and I'm like, you know what, show what you have, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of how I lean it, lead into it. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. So just, just some guys being dudes and then it brings other guys being dudes over to the booth. And then, you know, you get to look at some more stuff. So um, you, it, I've noticed that at, your booth or your showcase a lot of times um you have a lot of graded stuff a lot of psa 10 so are you someone do you like to send in cards for grading you more so buy cards already graded uh, who do you usually send to what what's your thoughts on grading so i used to be like the i wouldn't consider myself anywhere nor uh anywhere close to the danny dimes tier of uh barking box hunting but i used to be around that um I like, I like to buy like kind of some weird stuff. Like I love like the lower number of prisms, like vets and before like the whole boom and stuff that you covered in the last uh, pod or the pod before that. Um, I was, I had a bunch of that stuff and I would, I sent that off. Uh, I sent, I sent a couple orders through uh, Santiago sports. I have my own PSA account, but I'm too lazy to put together the orders myself. Um, and then I sent some through MC sports cards. Um, and Trent, Grand, Grand State, uh, guy that works for him, uh, he pretty much is my gateway through there. 
but yeah, it's now I'm kind of just getting stuff back. So that's literally the only reason why I have most of my stuff graded. Um, ever since PSA shut down and with the whole jacked up prices thing, I honestly can say I've sent, let me think, two cards out, two, I think, two singular cards out, like at the 150 graded point. Now looking back at it, are, are, were horrible ideas. But that was when the base market was kind of up. I sent an MPJ Silver Prism rookie. Nice. Yeah, I got killed on that. And then a um, Luka Doncic uh, shock rookie or whatever the hell that shit's called from Optic. But uh, Flash, I'm, I don't know. But I send those out with a Santiago. I can't even tell you the month. But, yeah, I mean, that's really what I've done. Uh, I still have a bunch of, like, graded stuff. I really like picking up, like, the – like, just different stuff you don't see. Like, I picked up that, like, Hakeem uh, True Gem 9.5 Silver from, like, a lower-end year prism. I think it was – no, it wasn't even that bad. 2016 prism, was it? 2015. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, like I love that kind of stuff and that's a slap. And like I always pick up like jersey color matches and like little little things like that. And you know, the whole eye appeal I find I can move those cheap slaps a lot faster than you know, uh some of the higher end stuff, especially at the Philly show. Okay, so you you really haven't been pivoting like ever since PSA jacked the prices up a ton. You chose not to pivot to a different company like SGC or BGS or HGA. You've been sticking with just really either buying already graded or, or only sending in a few. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not here to like pump any other of the grading companies, but like it's just something that I've seen, whether it's through eBay or just like even through shows like their general, just like everyone's always will levitate, levitate to that PSA. And it's just not really worth my time or money to send it off to SGC or I wish BGS was cheaper because personally I like BGS a lot better, but you know, yeah. Yeah. That's one thing. I mean, SGC, it seems like has, you know, a decent amount of like cred in the hobby now, especially I saw at the Philly show, you know, more than ever. Now you see tons of SGC slabs in people's showcases, but SGC it's still at like twenty five to twenty eight bucks a card, and to me, like, and when PSA opens back up, SGC needs to bump down to like fifteen a card, or there's no point in sending to them over PSA, other than maybe getting it back a little bit sooner. Yeah, um, I agree, and I think another thing to note, with especially the, I'm thinking like since Philly shows next weekend, that's really all I'm thinking about. There's a lot of boosts with SGC slab stuff. But a lot of it's like shit. Like it's like freaking base shit and stuff that people don't even want, you know. And there's eights and eight and a halfs and nines all in this showcase. Like that's just like a, something that I see. Like I don't walk around a lot at the Philly show just because like I suck at finding deals there somehow. But Bresden finds deals. He's out there for twenty minutes. I'm out there for an hour and a half, and I can't find anything. And he comes back with two G's worth of stuff, and like I I literally can't find anything. But um, I walk by. Like showcases full of SGC and I'm not even looking at it for more than two or three seconds and I'm moving on to the next one, honestly, especially at the Philly show. Yeah. And I think another tough thing with that, that I saw, because I saw the same thing, like, you know, I asked a few people about their SGC cards and what's tough is since people paid, you know, like 25 bucks to grade it, you know, even if it's something like, that should be cheap. Like I remember the like Colin Sexton prism based SGC 8.5. I'm thinking, all right, maybe I can grab this for like 10 bucks. 
I asked the guy, he wants 40 for it. Well, that's probably because he paid maybe five to 10 bucks for the card, then 25 bucks for grading. So it makes it even tougher to pick them up because you're paying pretty much PSA prices on the slabs because they paid more than what a PSA bulk sub used to be to get it graded. So in order for them to become like, I, I feel like I wouldn't send cards there until they can get below 20. Yeah, absolutely. And can I ask you a question? Do you remember how old that guy was that you asked for the section? Yes. Like Probably roughly? Like maybe thir- late 30s. Right. So I feel like that's something that like a lot of like older people in the hobby right now are kind of like, they don't really know how, like, how to take a loss. And I think that's something that I'm, I've really been like learning right away. Like, I'll text Brez and I'm like, dude, I, f- I fucking hate my collection. I need to do something about it. Like, I hate it. You know, like after the Philly show, I'm going to have like, I'm going to be like, I hate my collection. I need to do something about it. And then Bresden's like, just get liquid, just like sell shit, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, like, if I'm like, yeah, it's great. It'll be great to have some money. But at the same time, like down goes my inventory. But then, you know, like what, what, what the hell am I going to buy? What, like, I don't know what the next thing is. And I can't, and I'm thinking like, I'm not getting that maximum price, price point that I want uh, for each of my cards. And that's something that like I needed, I've learned, and I think I'm feel good with now that like it's okay to take a loss on some things. Like for example, that SGC eight five base prism for Con Sexton. You know, Danny Times, my freaking bargain bins. I'd have that for five bucks in my thing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And there's no like I am especially with this, all this base rookie stuff. I'm not trying to plug my like bargain bins, but like I went through all my shit up my room, and I literally have a four row. Looking at it now. Almost full of like top loaded and not and not top loaded cards. I'm just putting for a dollar each. All of them sell for over a dollar on eBay. Like I I don't freaking I just don't want to deal with it. That's my way of trying to become liquid and getting like, you know, maybe a hundred hundred fifty bucks and putting that towards a bigger card. You know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like I uh, I might have interest in picking up that whole bargain box from you before the show starts, but. We'll yeah, honestly, I might for... I might just send you a picture of it because I think I don't I'd rather just keep it in my car and drop it off to you. Yeah, it could be an easy quick trunk to trunk transaction right there. You yes, know how that Valley Forge Casino parking lot is. I could just back right up that hill, you know, just throw it trunk to trunk. But you know, it's an interesting point you you brought up with taking a loss because honestly, that's something that I just haven't been able to like bring myself to do. And there are times where I want to get maybe a little bit more liquid. And to me, it's like, like the one guy, there's only really one guy where I'm in a situation where it's like, should I take a loss and recover some, you know, capital to move with is Zion. Like, you know, I'm into that big card with Connor. And then I also bought during the off season two BGS. Yeah. Nine fives. And like, those are down a decent amount from where I bought him. And this is the first time I'm really in that situation because you know how it is. Like if you bought in before the boom, like pre COVID, then you could have bought someone who became a bust and still made money on it. Like for sure. So it's a new, uh, it's a new position that I'm in here. And I feel like I'm honestly just thinking, I'm just going to hold and ride it out because I think there's a lot of potential there and possibly people, might get a little excited like he was cleared to play he comes back and has you know a couple big plays people could really get excited there 
No, I agree. I think with a guy like him, like there's not been, I mean, it's, it's been said on a billion podcasts and sports centers and Twitter and everything there. I don't think there's been a more overhyped human being ever in the world about a sport ever than Zion Williamson. And I think when you're into a card like that, like what's the worst you can do? I mean, I think honestly the worst you can do with those cars is maybe break even on them. Yeah, no, I, I, I could see that. So, so you're a little bit more willing to take a loss, but I feel like there's some cards that you have that you're really not trying to part with, and you have a pretty insane uh, PC, specifically Terrence Ross and some other guys. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So uh, Terrence Ross, uh, I've been collecting him for ever since I've been collecting. It's my first guy. I got. Um, I'm supposed to my buddy UNC collector John Bridges. Uh, He's a big super collector of Harrison Barnes, and he's trying to get me to upload all my shit on the sports card form. I don't know if anyone else uses that, but it's a really good inventory tracker for um, collectors, uh, super collectors like me. I like to call myself. <laughs> um, but that's a guy where uh, right now uh, it's kind of cool to see a lot of other people are uh, collecting him. Like I've gotten got two different messages over the last month of guys like, and I saw another Terrence Ross PC collection instagram page pop up and i'm like what the hell like why why is this happening i don't want my initial thought is like <laughs> no oh my god i'm gonna get outbid on every single card on ebay but then at the same time i'm thinking like you know what like in the long run if i need to get out of this like collection like more and more people are getting attracted to this guy i don't know why because the magic are horrid and he's barely playing right now which is ridiculous because the new coach is trash but my thing is, like, if there's more and more uh, people going, like, levitating to him, I can get out of this at, like, a price point where, you know, I'll probably hang on to some of, like, the rookie stuff because, like, that's my favorite part of it. Like, I'm going to be honest. I think I have, like, between the Immaculate 1213, like, the verticals and the horizontal, I think I'm at, like, 15 to 25. I don't, I'm going to say 20 to oh 25 uh, RP of those. And oh like those, God. those ones, I, I won't be able to sell just because like, I have so much of a draw with them, but like, like I was talking to my dad the other day, like two months ago, I got a bid on a freaking one one 1920 Donruss paper. Like, and I normally, I would win those at like 35 bucks. I'm like, all right, cool. Nice win. 40 bucks, whatever. And I got a bid at like $96. I'm like, what is going on? You know? And Actually, pretty cool. I, th- I got to check. I don't know if I leave this app. It'll, I don't want to. I don't want to mess anything up on the recording, but a select 101 patch auto. Shout out to DK card seven. Uh, texting me the link. Uh, I didn't even see it pop up. That ends tonight. I have a way higher bid than I normally bid on uh, Ross cards because uh, if I get this one, I'll officially complete that rainbow. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. That's insane. So let me ask you this. If, if Terrence Ross goes on, let's say he has – a bubble TJ Warren like stretch where he's putting up because he's a flashy guy. He can bounce like crazy when, yeah. you know, he can knock down shots, especially when he's hot. I remember a couple of years ago when he went off for like 50 plus and yes, sir, against the Clippers. That must, you, you must've been a freaking hype when that happened, but oh, of course, <laughs> but let's say he has a stretch where he goes, you know, it could be, I don't know. Let's say he, you know, he gets waived, signed by a contender, a competing team would probably be the best situation for him. He goes nuts in a playoff series, takes over, wins it, 
his stuff skyrockets. Are you holding or are you selling? Uh, I think like my mindset from like a collector standpoint is like I couldn't move it, but like at the same time, where I want to be, like if I want to do this a lot and like really take it seriously, I'd be stupid not to sell, right? I'm not gonna sell all of it. Like I said earlier, like I'm probably gonna have to I'm gonna have to hold on to a lot of the rookie stuff. But like all the second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year shit, like all that vet stuff, like I would just throw up on eBay because like I it was cool collecting like the piece by piece and the short prints, like that stuff. But like the vet autos, if they're gonna get like twenty five, thirty five bucks a pop, like I will sell them because I'm into them for less than five dollars, you know? And with the amount of autographs that I have of him, like I could like seriously like if his if, if he really hits off like my collection, like for trade for sale, like my movable stuff, like could absolutely skyrocket. And I, you know, that's something I can, you know, capitalize on. Yeah, I mean, that that could definitely be it. So is there is there anybody else that you PC other than Terrence Ross? Um, Not a particular player. Uh, I got a couple like funny guys that I always like pick up shit like. I always, I always pick up like, like some whack ass like Dennis Smith Jr. stuff. Only reason why is because like I remember him coming out like I was like, oh, I really want his shit like really bad, and I never could because like it was so overpriced and shit. I actually did get like a horizontal uh, National Treasures RPA, but I moved it like the next day because some of his stuff was just like crazy high. But like him, and then like I had a Josh Jackson Gold Prism rookie. I had like true rookie bgs9 i had for a long time i was sitting on that for like i want to say four years for like so stupid like why do i have that card like i traded a d'angelo russell national treasures for that card straight up thinking like yeah, the gold prism stuff's gonna boom sorry what's up but you ended up selling that josh jackson for good money yes i did i could not believe it i could not believe it when i got that offer well, first he like lowball off me like two hundred bucks. I'm like, yeah, all right. So I just my jackass counters him with like nine ninety five, and I have it up at like a thousand on eBay. And then he like gets in like the four hundred range, and I'm like, ah, you know, maybe it's time to let it go, you know. And that's like, that was enough for me, you know. And I was happy with that. I, like I still have like I have Dennis Smith Jr. Next Day Auto. I have a. I have a Josh Jackson Contenders Cracked Ice. I also have another. I have a Cracked Ice. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. contenders too. His blue ice, two blue prisms. Like I have some weird shit of him, and then I also have like a little box of like old guys that he's like like playing with two K, and like just cool looking cards that I kind of like keep aside too. But that's about it, honestly. All I collect. Everything else is pretty much just like I'm trying to get rid of it. And I feel like those guys with basketball, like you never know, and. With cards in general, not even just basketball, like there's guys who seem like they're total bust and their stuff goes to almost zero and then they get an opportunity. Like how many guys were totally done with Jameis Winston? And then think about how hot his stuff got at the beginning of the year. Or Absolutely. I totally agree. And that's why I like that's why like the whole liquid thing, I don't really apply it to stuff like that. Like I have a couple like Kevin Knox cards. I, I think he's a garbage can, but like I have they're like optic rookie autos, like on card. And I have like a fast break purple like at eighty five from optic. I'm not gonna throw those up on auction and sell them for like five, ten bucks, you know? Oh, That's cards and like I'm just gonna keep agree. in this box here. Maybe he gets bought he gets traded for 
a second round pick to the freaking Bucks, and let's say Grayson Allen gets hurt and they sub him into the starting lineup and he hits three threes right away and everyone on Twitter's freaking out like where the hell has Kevin Knox been? Why have the Knicks played him? And all the Knicks fans blow it up on Twitter. Then that's when you pop those things up right on eBay and cash out, you know? Exactly. I remember seeing like two days ago a Kevin Knox Prism Silver PSA ten rookie selling for like fifteen bucks consistently and I was like Man, that is because you're right. Like, even look at a guy like Grayson Allen. Like, he seemed done. Now he's a big factor on the Bucks. Like, I have a funny so Grayson Allen story. All right, let's hear it. So I bought a uh, R- flawless RPA Emerald um, in a fire sale on Facebook for $40. And I'm like, okay, it's a flawless RPA. You know, I bought it from some guy overseas. I got it in, sitting on it forever. My roommate I lived with in college is a huge Grayson Allen fan. I sell it to him for $40, so he can just have it, oh you know? Oh, my God. And now he's all spazzing. Like, so I threw it up my eBay, and, like, I'm getting offers, like, over 200 bucks. And I'm like, dude, like, you pull the trigger. He's like, ah, I don't want to sell it. I don't want to sell it. And, um, yeah, it's, I think it's pretty funny because, like, I bought that card thinking, you know what? Maybe I can get 100 bucks for it, you know? And it just shows you, like, the crazy, like, what the card market and what the hype can do to you. If Grayson Allen has a big playoff game, which – there's a good chance he will. I bet he could get like three to five hundred for that card. Like no, I agree. And the, the crazy thing is that Grayson Allen card is not promoted on my freaking eBay. It's the most viewed card by almost two hundred views, two hundred fifty views on everything. Because it might be like his best card. Like I don't know. Is that see a lot of the flawless I've seen have been game worn, even for the rookies. Is that a game worn or player worn? Honestly, I couldn't tell you because it's at my apartment now. I'm at my uh, parents' house now. Oh, okay. so I can get back to you on that uh, Tuesday. All right, but but it's interesting to think, like, if that's somebody's best card. like, And that's why sometimes with guys who, like, aren't in a lot of products, if they happen to, like, just be in contenders, sometimes I'll try to grab, like, a couple of them. Um, right. Like, I remember there was a guy on the Sixers. It, it didn't end up working out. This is an example of a, a failed investment, but I remember buying like five Marielle Shayok contenders rookie ticket autos because people were saying, you know, it was looking like he might be like the next Shake Milton and he was only in contenders. So they were, you know, maybe like five bucks a piece. And if he ends up going off, then it's like, well, it's his only card. So it's going to skyrocket. It's like that guy. Right. PJ There's Walker, a couple guys like yeah. that in that draft class. Oh, yeah, every draft class has some guys who are only in, like, one or two products but then end up being, like, really good. And there's guys who really, like, don't even have rookies who end up breaking out, like Fred Van Fleet and stuff. And then right. their second Derek year Jones. stuff. Derek yeah. Jones, Duncan Robinson cards, like, they were only in National Treasures as, like, a redemption. And, like, the out of 99 auto, like, Derek Jones sells for, like, some crazy amount of money for Derek oh, Jones. Yeah, like, probably, like, well over a hundred, like like no, I, I think it's honestly like a three fifty, like four hundred range. Yeah, and that's crazy. That card was probably like in a lot of people don't know that about guys. So that card could have easily ended up in a dollar bin. Absolutely. Like, um. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If for all those uh, fellow dollar bin hunters out there, uh, when a draft class comes out, check out and see who's only in contenders. Because I've noticed that. Uh, a lot of guys who aren't in any products, the one that they'll be in is uh contender. So, and that's a good product. I think it's a, a pretty slept on product here. So 
while we're talking about products, uh, one question I've been asking uh, some other people that we've interviewed um, is, what do you think about not just like the base tens, but prism base, prism silver, like non-numbered chrome stuff in general? Because we saw that go crazy during the boom and a lot of that stuff is starting to fall back down even like i've noticed with this new draft class like guys who are really solid rookies their prism silver rookies are only going for like five to ten bucks so what's your thoughts on that i think it's a combination of like it's kind of interesting to see like i'm trying to think like what do halberton silvers do like 35 bucks 40 bucks Halliburton, I think he actually might be a little bit higher than that, or at least he was higher. I'll look it up. Uh, um, Halliburton but, Silver does thirty-five. You're pretty spot on there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So like, but like right out of the gate, Halliburton was like, everyone's like, holy shit, because he had a tear. He was like pretty legit, and everyone's like, holy shit, like this guy's gonna be the next thing, you know? And I feel like a lot of people were buying in his silvers around like two fifty, you know, and that normally happens when like prism comes out and i think select the whole switch to retail totally fucked that market mm-hmm. oh 100 percent. select was my favorite product growing up as like a collector like i you know how many boxes of 13 14 select i opened holy cow so did you have a bunch of yannis's laying around i pulled the Giannis select auto i had a lot i sold an ebay when i was younger it was like 14 select rookies and like seven prism rookies of Giannis. yes Oh man, that's one that 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 gives you nightmares. No, it does, but at the same time, not as bad as my Luca opulence pull. Oh, what was the Luca opulence? Was it like an on-card auto or something? Wait, hear me out. So I was this is my I sophomore year of college. I'm at home. It's on like a Friday, no Saturday night because I knew we were we had a basketball game that day and we were off the next day. So I was up like late. I was on uh, KT Authentics uh, group breaking. And Opulence is one of my favorite products ever. I mean, clearly, like, I love the gold because I love gold standard, but it's just a high-end gold standard, you know? And what's wrong with that? <laughs> um, he's filling a uh, three – I think they come in – I think it's two boxes, Opulence, two or three, whatever, a uh, case of Opulence. And a bunch of teams are left, and I'm a big serial number guy, you know? And I like joining in the uh, fillers. And uh, he's running the filler. It was 60 bucks for 10 uh, – 60 bucks each spot. For like the Cavs, Nets, Mavericks, and uh, shit, another team. I forget some other like bullshit team. It didn't really matter. And I picked a spot. I forget what spot I picked. I want to say it was like seven or something. And I ended up with spot two. And um, I'm watching the break, and it's a bunch of bullshits getting pulled, and like whatever, whatever. So we get to redemption, and it's it's a Luca um, RPA opulence on card, uh, like platinum. So it's like out of twenty five. And um, it's a redemption. So we, I don't. I've never been in this guy's breaks. I mean, no, I have before, but it has. It's been like a, a year or two, and like so, I don't really know how he does it. And he sets up the random, and he sets up a number one through twenty-five, and he randoms those. I'm sure that's what every group breaker does now. But like again, with the whole wax prices and shit all the way up, I don't really join breaks anymore. But uh, he random it, and then he went through, put a card saver like to cover each number, and at the top it was number twelve, and uh, it was my card. And I freaking lost my mind in my house. I woke everyone up in the house. It was like 2 a.m. I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I like, I'm like, holy shit. Did I, did I win it? Like, it didn't even feel real, you know? And um, 
got a ship to me and get the redemption filled. It was like a, literally a month I waited for it. If that, maybe two weeks, I'm thinking about it. Drove my ass to the FedEx. Didn't even let them get to my house. Oh. I drove to FedEx, went through the gates. I was like, listen, I need this package right now. And got it and held on to it for literally two weeks and sold it on eBay. And how much, if you don't mind me asking, how much did that sell for? $2,200. And what do you think it would be worth now? Ten k, if that. I think maybe more. That's that's a big. Yeah, but like but in I mean... a time where I'm flipping cards from like eighty to like two hundred bucks consistently, and like two hundred, like a four hundred dollar card is like crazy, was like crazy high end to me then, like nuts. Like I would never, like a dream card esque. And I just sold the card for like, what did I say, twenty seven hundred. Twenty two hundred. Yeah, I think it was twenty two hundred. That's what it was, or twenty one, something around there. And I sold a card for that. Like that's unheard of, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean. That's a ton of money, and that's the thing. A lot of times, uh, it's easy, you know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but if you make a ton of money on something, you you know you can just be happy that you made money on it and got a. And that's with cards and with like stocks and crypto and like I haven't gotten into NFTs yet, but eventually I do want to. Are are you? Do you do NFTs at all? Or are you? Nah, I, I I like I might flirt with crypto a little bit, just because like. I know something's coming with this whole economy and shit, but at the same time, like, uh, I don't, I don't know enough about it. I'm not educated enough to put my money in it, you know? Okay. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Um, it is, it is intriguing though. Know? You see a lot of card podcasts are starting to shift to that, but, um, you mentioned in there, you know, joining group breaks and how you don't really do it much anymore because of the price of wax. So wax has gone up a ton. Um, you know, it's gone up crazy. Even I've noticed, like, even the shittier products, like, that's the crazy thing. Like, I remember, you know, during the bubble and stuff when, like, hoops blasters were, like, almost at 100 bucks, And it was like, oh, my God. So well, what's your opinion? Do you still rip anything? Are you throwing sealed wax back? What's your opinion on wax? So, like, I think every collector loves to rip. And my like little gateway of like gateway of ripping was like the whole like 2K, like the ultimate team stuff. And like I could open up packs on there because it's like freaking $10 for a pack there and it's not like 200. So like I would do that a little bit, but I kind of stopped. I stopped paying like money for freaking uh, video games. Uh, but right now, like after listening to the whole Car Collector 2 and uh, Ryan and Connor's talk about like ripping it and like not ripping it, like grabbing it and like putting it back, like. It makes a lot of sense, and I I really like the idea that they said like, you know, like once group breakers like when, if like if we get into the fanatics thing, like since fanatics wants to go straight to like from brand to consumer, and that like cuts out their group breakers. If that's what they do, like group breakers need to get waxed to, to break, and they're just gonna pay premium for it. And I think like that's like the most like thought out thing I've like, ever heard of. And like I could be just like totally bullshitting. It could be like the most like obvious thing you've ever heard of but like to me i was like holy shit like that's revolutionary you know like you don't really think about that that's an interesting point you know supply demand that's what it comes down to um and yeah and like he said fanatics could change a lot of things but um yeah no i mean i think wax right now is just like you're gonna get smoked on it if you open it it's just nearly impossible to get your money back unless you have an insane pull like you know, we saw Ryan uh, two days ago for his birthday rip the boxes select and pulled a Giannis gold auto. Fuck uh, you, Ryan. 
Yeah, they, they forgot to tell you they were going, but he pulled that Giannis Gold Auto at a 10 and some other nice stuff. Like, he made money on that box, but think about how rare it is that someone pulls, like, a Giannis Gold Auto at a 10. Like, that's... Oh, 100%. You're not wrong. Yeah, that's one of the few circumstances where you can even make your money back. Like, when you think of nice products out there, like optic basketball, you know, the 24-pack retail boxes, maybe 250 bucks. You pull the chase card in there, LaMelo Hollow, let's say it's a little off-centered, you're probably getting 250 bucks for it. So you're breaking even after pulling the chase card. Right. Which is insane. I agree. I totally agree. And I think, I think you would think that like the wax prices will fall down with like the whole like PSA 10 shit dropping too. And like everyone not grading base rookies as much anymore, but like, it's kind of like, I think, I think it was pretty, the prism box dropped a ton from this year. Yeah, it it had, it has, but it's kind of bounced back up. It It was down to like, I think a little under a thousand maybe. And now it's back up to like 1500 last I checked, but oh. I mean, that could be something to throw back this year's prism. The re- only reason I'm saying that not because of LaMelo and Ant, even though they're great, I think the LeBron from this year, if that ends up becoming iconic, then people will go nuts for the boxes. Cause look at what oh, some right, of like, right, right. the old, like, like his chalk toss or the one where Kobe's Garden. Kobe, yep, Kobe's Garden. Like, if it can become one of those, it won't be as rare as those, but the wax from this year might go crazy because of that. But I feel like only hobby because the other ones are just so massively produced. Yeah, I agree, 100%. Um, but, so, before we go here, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Again, I appreciate you coming on. Um, what is one play that you've made recently Um Maybe if you don't mind, tell us, you know, what you're into it for, what you can see it going to, or a play that you want to make. Hmm. Uh, I would not like to disclose how much I paid for the last deal I posted on Instagram. Okay. Oh, okay. The, those, uh, I'll disclose that with you probably uh, in person at the Philly show. Well, I think I texted it to you guys. Yeah, I think, yeah, you told us. Yeah, right. I mean, I think I absolutely murdered that deal, Um, you know. I think that Bam Adebayo card is, like, going to be really slept on. Like, I know it's not technically, like, color match of the jersey, but it's, like, red and the heat are red. And I think that, like, yeah, the out of 42 pink pulsar did, like, a G. And I think the red, like, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, out of pocket. But, like, I think I could fetch close to, like, 25, like, like 22 to 25 for it. And I think, like, yeah, that's high. But at the same time, like, people pay a premium for that shit, like, like we talk about, I'm not comparing Luca to Bam whatsoever because I know they're not in the same sentence. But like Luca Blues out of 199, like what 30k, like some crazy shit like that. Oh, as a PSA 10, at one point it was like 50k plus. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like out of 199, mine's out of 25, and it's the Heat. The Heat could win, you know. Oh, the Heat, and I mean we've seen during the Eastern Conference Finals when Bam had those like huge games during the bubble his stuff was going nuts like absolutely insane and i feel like the heat have a big market like that and he's a guy who can make some flashy plays because he has freak athleticism like during that bubble i'm looking at it right now his base psa 10s in august 2020 were over 500 bucks his prison base 
Yeah, Prism Base PSA 10 was over 500 bucks in Holy August shit. 2020. Yep. Now it's at 120, you said? No, that was August 2020. Now it's 60 bucks. Yes. But again, I mean, it could pop like that. And especially because people want numbered stuff, that could end up being a big card come playoff time. But if I were you, uh, if he, you know, does break out in the playoffs, I would sell it then because I feel like there's not much more room to go up from there. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, with that card, like, like, I love it because, like, if you look it up on eBay, like there's one or two, and one guy on eBay is asking thirteen thousand for his, you know. Holy shit! And that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But like at the same time, like you're not going to see that card a lot. And I feel like, like, I know a couple of big guys that are flying into the show um, at uh, next weekend Philly show, plugging it uh, for you. But um, I know a couple of big guys that are flying in because they've heard how successful uh, people are at it and like how good it is. I, I think I might be able to move off of it then. For maybe a couple or one one or two bigger cards. Uh so hopefully that catches a shark's eye or something like that. Yeah, and especially, you know, the price you got him at, I think you could definitely make make a nice flip there. So uh last last question for you. What's one thing that you would say is undervalued and one thing that you would say is overvalued in the hobby? It can be singles, grading, wax, anything. Hmm, that's a tough question. I think I think the vet, like I I think it's I don't think it's overvalued. I think it's finding like finding itself. Like the whole like I see a couple people post on like Instagram like, oh, base rookies are now undervalued. I saw like a Trey Young PSA ten rookie sell for one sixty the other day. And they're like, oh, base rookies are undervalued, but like, like you guys talked about in the pop report when you were on uh, with Ryan, like there's so many base prisms. Like what, what is desirable about that card? Like I, I'll never understand what's desirable about like base stuff like that. Um, something that's undervalued. Um, I still think like, like the heavy, like serial numbered, like rookie stuff is still undervalued. Um, I don't want to like, I know it sounds like extremely broad, but like I'm trying to like talk about like the Anthony Edwards stuff that you you have that blue ice, like that card is gorgeous and it's out of ninety nine and you guys got that for a great deal. But like I think when you guys are talking about like numbers in the group chat, like I think that that card should be worth like almost double what you guys are talking about. Like in my head, just because just off a the blue ice eye appeal and like like Anthony Edwards can play. Like I just watched him kick the shit out of the Sixers. I mean, it was more like D'Angelo Russell, like was our father, but like at the same time, like Anthony Edwards shows things that just like, like shit, like this kid can play. And I think like a card, like a blue ice is like, what, what were MPJ PSA 10 blue ice is doing? What? 8k. Oh yeah. No, they were insane. Right. That's what I'm saying. MPJ is not going to play this year. He, how many, how many games he can play next year? 12, 15. Like, Anthony Edwards has yet to show any like injury. He's flashy. He's cool shit, and he's hilarious in interviews. Like people like to watch that shit. And the Timberwolves are like actually like they were kind of fun to watch yesterday. Hey guys, unfortunately, our episode with Matt's B-ball cards got cut short due to some technical difficulties. Um, but it was really great having him on. I encourage all you guys to go follow him on Instagram at Matt's B-ball cards. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to another episode of Straight from the Dime Box.